You are listening to the Life Community Church Sermon Podcast. Life Community is a church for the city, making much about the name of Christ. This podcast is available through all major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoy and are challenged by our teaching, we invite you to subscribe to the channel on whatever platform you choose as we seek to anchor ourselves to the unchanging truth of God's Word together. Thanks for listening. Hey, we're on John 10 today, so feel free to turn there. We're exploring these statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John. There's seven of them, the I Am statements of Jesus. And so today we're exploring, I am the door of the sheep. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn there, even use your phone, but we'll also have it on the screen. But uh, it's important that you see that I'm not making this stuff up, right? So we need to look at Scripture. John 10, starting in verse 1. This is Jesus. And he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers." Now, this was a figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Let's pray. Father, we believe your word is sufficient. We believe it is sufficient for our lives, for our living. Uh, We believe it's the truth of who you are. And so, Lord, will you use your words in powerful ways today that it would not come back void in our lives, that you would convict us and encourage us in places that we need it. We pray this through the Spirit, Lord, that you would bring all those truths alive in our hearts. We love you, Jesus, and pray this in your beautiful name. Amen. So today we're talking about sheep and shepherds and thieves and robbers, all the makings of the next great Pixar animation. Yet for us, it compels a deep and beautiful imagery of just the kind of character and power and majesty that is Jesus Christ. And so if you remember this phrase, I am, it's a pretty significant phrase. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Today he says, I am the door of the sheep. This phrase is the same name that God reveals himself to Moses as in the book of Exodus. God says to Moses, I am who I am. And to that point, the fact that God would even reveal his name to us should not be understated. Should not be understated. It would indicate to us that God desires relationship with his creation, deep personal relationship with his people. And that's pretty extraordinary. How many close personal relationships do you have with people who you do not know their name? And so that God would give us his name is beautiful. And so this phrase, I am who I am, is recorded in our Old Testament in Hebrew. And that phrase is translated into what is called tetragrammation. And so what that means is they take four consonants 
and they put them together in the Hebrew language to be symbolic of a name. And those four letters in Hebrew are Y-H-W-H. We pronounce it Yahweh. It is the name of God. And in Hebrew, it stands for and symbolizes the preeminence and perfection and sufficiency of God. It is the name above all names, one to be praised, a name that reminds believers that God is in control and that he sees his children. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Our New Testament is written in Greek. And so when the Greek writers write these statements of Jesus, they write this phrase, I am, as ego me, which translates into I am who I am. Jesus uses this phrase, ego me, in all of these I am statements, and it's without doubt that he is making a claim of divinity, that he is God himself. But as Jesus does so gracefully, he teaches us and reveals to us more about God than maybe we knew in the past. He doesn't leave it with I am who I am. He uses metaphors to help us understand who God is. And so most people would see these words written in Greek and they would say, it would sound like this. Jesus is saying, God is like this. Me, I am like this. I am like bread. God is like light. God is like the door. Jesus used very practical things in that time during very practical moments to reveal a truth about himself in that time and place and to us today through his word. This is what Jesus is saying God is like. After feeding 5,000 miraculously with fishes and loaves and amongst the people who continued to seek after him for more bread, what does Jesus say? He says, I am the bread of life. And during the Feast of the Tabernacles, this festival that celebrates the light of God, this pillar of fire that led God's people for 40 years during the Exodus in the wilderness, Jesus says at that festival, I am the light. And then here today, Jesus uses a common profession and a commonly domesticated animal of the day to describe himself to us. Sheep and shepherds are the object lesson today. And through those objects, God reveals a significant amount about himself. And so look, let's just be honest. It can be humbling to hear humanity to be described as sheep. Sheep are not the brightest bulbs in the animal kingdom. In fact, they are said by some to be the dumbest of all mammals, which I would say they've not watched TikTok, and that, that would just totally changed their answer. You know, some of you don't know what TikTok is, neither do I. And so that is why nowadays to be a sheep is a very derogatory term. To be a sheep would indicate one to be a blind follower of somebody, somebody who's uneducated, somebody who might be a waste of human flesh and brain cells, per se. Tara Holiday, who's employed here, uh, was talking to me at our sermon prep meeting about this sermon this week, about a time that she was eight years old and attended a church here in Bluffton that talked about this imagery of people as sheep. And the pastor in that time elaborated uh, about how dumb sheep were and what that said about us as people. And so, look, eight-year-old Tara did not like that conversation. She did not like being called a dumb sheep. In fact, she sent me a picture this week of her eight-year-old writing. 
in her Bible from when she was eight with a giant question mark next to this point about God's people being dumb like sheep. And if you don't know Tara, that's everything you need to know about Tara, right? <laughs> the fact that at eight she was writing sermon notes. At eight, I was eating burgers, right? <laughs> and she kept it to this day. That's incredible. Secondly, secondly, I think it reveals this. That moment, that moment was marking. If she remembers that moment from eight years old, that was a marking moment. And Tara would say that that was a moment that probably began her fading away from her faith. And in fact, during her teenage years, she was practically an atheist in some ways. And so I'm not here today to demean you and telling you that you're a dumb sheep. I'm not here to do that today. What I'm here to tell you today is that you need a shepherd. You need a shepherd. And what is uniquely impressive about sheep is that they have a capacity to remember the voice of their shepherds, of their shepherd. I, I want to work through this passage in a way that we're going to define some of this terminology and what these terms mean. Certainly today, our ideas of shepherds and sheepfolds and gatekeepers and thievers and robbers are, are different than they were back then. And so let's take some time to define them. And then I want to give us a couple instructions as sheep, and I want to give you a couple warnings about thieves and robbers. And so this is our big idea today, that life in abundance rests with those who seek and listen to Christ. Life in abundance Rest with those who seek and listen to Christ. And so if you were alive in AD 30 when this happened, you would have been a well acquainted with the imagery of sheep and shepherds and sheepfolds. You would have just gone through the festival of lights, this feast of the tabernacles, where all devout Jewish people from all the nations were required to make a pilgrimage to the holy city of Jerusalem. And so if you were a shepherd in that day, you would most likely be nomadic. Nomadic means that you didn't really have a home. You just, you just lived where your sheep grazed. And so if you were a shepherd, you would walk with your flock to the city of Jerusalem because they didn't have transportation like we did today. Right? I suspect that if they could drive a car in that day, they would have picked a Lamborghini. Right? Thank you. That's a good dad joke. That's for me. That's my best lamb joke today. There may not be others, but there may be. Okay? You would take your sheep to the city, you would walk them there, and you would meet the gatekeeper at a common pen. And you would pay that gatekeeper to watch your sheep. And all of the shepherds and all of the nations would bring their sheep with them to these festivals, and they would put them in a common pen. And so can you imagine this? A, a giant pen, shepherds bringing their flocks into that pen, all those flocks blending together, and the moment that you wanted to retrieve those sheep, you would then go to that gatekeeper who recognized you because of this contract that you had made, and he would let you in, and you would call your sheep by name. Now today, it is a very common practice for us with our pets, like dogs and cats and hamsters, to name our pets. Some of you have parrots that you've named. That's, that's okay, right? I'm not going to... In ancient Israel, it would have been very common for shepherds to name their sheep. And so as a shepherd, you would go in and you would call your sheep by name. And those sheep would respond to their name spoken 
by their shepherd. You know, there's a story that happened during, during World War I of, of, about some soldiers who tried to steal a flock of sheep from a hillside near Jerusalem. And the sleeping shepherd awoke to find the flock being driven off. Some in that day might describe it as a landslide. Hmm? You're welcome, okay? I don't think there's any more, all right? It's the sheep are just so good to joke about. I'm sorry. The shepherd knew that he could not recapture the sheep by force. And so he called out to the flock with his distinctive call. And the sheep listened. And they returned to the rightful owners. And the soldiers could not do a thing about it. They could not stop the sheep from returning to their shepherd. Now that is what a shepherd would do when it entered into a city into a common place. But if you were a shepherd, most likely you're nomadic and you lived in the country amongst pastures. And so what you would do at night to protect your flock would to make a sheepfold. And so before dusk, you would let your sheep graze and then you would go gather sticks and rocks and anything that you can find and you would make a pen that would maybe look a little bit like this. This is more of a modern day sheepfold. And so you would do whatever you could with whatever means that you could find to make a shelter, a fence to protect your flock. And so by nightfall, then you would call your sheep by name to yourself and you would lead them into the sheepfold. And once all the sheep entered the pen, the shepherd then would lay down at the opening, at the door. So the shepherd became the door of the sheepfold. And anything that came in or out of that pen had to go through the shepherd. Any wild animal had to come through the shepherd. He was the door. And so at first glance, this terminology of sheep and shepherds and sheepfolds and gatekeepers can seem rather confusing. But when we understand them in their context in their day, they paint a very glorious and powerful picture when Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep, that his flock know his voice, that he calls them by name, and that he leads them, and they follow him, and he goes before him, them, that he is the door, the one that lays down his own life. Next week, we're going to talk about the phrase, I am the good shepherd, and we'll look at the goodness of a shepherd who would lay down his own life in that regard. But this week, I want to look at sheep and thieves and robbers. These terms, thieves and robbers, are very uh, similar, but they're, they're just a little bit different. That's why they are written as separate. Uh, to be a thief in this time would be somebody who would commit a crime or steal something in secret. And so you, maybe using darkness, would go and steal something because you wanted to protect your identity. You did not want to be known. A robber would be somebody who would commit crimes or steal something or commit violence in broad daylight. They would be unabashed about their identity being known. And in general, these two phrases, these two groups of people have the same purpose. They have come to steal, kill, and destroy They attack the sheep not by coming through the gate because they could not get through the shepherd, but by going over the fence, by coming in another way. 
And of course, Jesus is using these little examples of sheep and thieves and robbers for help us, to help us understand things in the spiritual realm. And so what Jesus is saying here is that there are people who will come into our pen by another way, whether they climb or crawl or whatever, and their sole purpose is to confuse, deceive, and ultimately to kill the sheep in that flock. And it would be right for us to understand that there are two groups of people that Jesus is thinking of, about in this time when he talks about thieves and robbers. Two certain individualistic groups. Number one, it would have been all of the messiahs that had attempted to claim themselves to be the messiah in the past. He's speaking about those people. There was about a decade before Jesus came, there was another person that claimed to be the messiah. His name was Simon of Perea. And he led a political uprising, a revolt against Rome, and he was crushed, utterly crushed. Jesus is saying those people are like thieves. They make false claims that are bent on hurting the flock through those false claims. But make no mistake, he is most assuredly, and I think scandalously, and pretty brave, he is talking about the present-day religious leaders of that time, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, rulers and leaders who have used God's law and religion to build their own brands. They have oppressed and silenced and persecuted and killed many who have come along, who have tried to expose them or even challenge them. They have created a religion that is focused on people climbing the fence as a mean to earn God his love and his security, that you had to earn your right to be in. Their God, make no mistake, was in their appearance, in their power, in their name, and in their significance. They used God's name to build their own platforms. And Christ compares those leaders of that day to thieves and robbers, people who have stolen something from somebody, people who have put an unbearable yoke on God's people for their own gain. And whether they intended it or not, they have harmed the flock. They have stolen and killed and destroyed people. And I think those terms are, are so important for us to understand in the context of the scripture in that day. They're so important for us to understand them in that context, to really fully understand what they intend for us today. And so what is it that these scriptures are telling us today? Well, I, I want to communicate that in, in, a, in a couple lists here. First, instructions to us sheep here. Right? And remember, I'm not calling you dumb. We're, let's just call sheep, okay? Number one, instructions for your sheep. I think the things that we have to take from this is that we have to learn the shepherd's voice. We have to learn the shepherd's voice. You know, over the years in ministry, I've heard lots of people, lots of people get frustrated about trying to discern the voice of God. People want to hear God's voice in every aspect of their life. They want decisions, uh, they have decisions they want to make, and they want to perceive what the Lord has for them, and, and they get frustrated that it doesn't happen. And I, and I think that to that, that it can be a bit, the word supernatural in some ways comes to my mind when we start thinking about hearing from God. Like, how do you do that? Like, is that a chant? Like, it hums? Is it locking yourself in a dark cave in utter silence and darkness? But if you're a Christian for any significant amount of time, or have been, you have certainly heard people talk about God speaking to them, that God has said this or that to them. And maybe it has left you feeling 
unimportant. Well, how is it that God talks to them? I've never heard God talk to me. I've never heard his voice. What's wrong with me? So I just want to share a couple things with you today. Look, first, I want you to realize that there are many people who claim they hear God audibly a lot who don't. They don't. God's voice sounds a lot like their own voice. And as a leader and as a pastor, you learn that some people have such a need to be recognized, to have status, or to look holy, and in that they will claim special knowledge and experiences simply because no one can check them. Who could ever validate whether God spoke to me? Who could ever validate if I had a vision from God? People claim all sorts of crazy things in the charismatic realm because it is almost impossible to check the validity and invalidity. And so here's what I say to you guys in that. Watch their fruit. Look at their lives. Is there a poverty of spirit? Is there a mourning? Is there a meekness? Is there a gentleness, a joy, and a peace that is present within there? We people, we love ourselves. We love ourselves. And some will go as far as demeaning the name of God to build their own platforms and get power. There isn't a whole lot of complication when it comes to hearing the voice of God. There isn't a whole lot of complications in how we hear God's voice. How do you hear your child's voice in a crowd and know it's them? How do you, in pitch darkness, how are you able to discern the voice of your best friend when you can't see them? It's because you spend time with them. You spend a significant amount of time with them. And I think that that is true of how we hear the voice of our shepherd. If we want to hear from the Lord, we must first and foremost spend time with him. And here's the great thing. His word is written, and it's far more sufficient than you know it to be. The scripture is God revealing himself to you and I. And, and God's voice sounds a lot like his word. Most of the nudges of my life are the quiet whispers of God's scriptures being revealed in my heart. Most all of the experiences of my fellow friends who are believers follow those same quiet, still whispers of God. Not to say that there aren't times that God comes in with a two-by-four. A couple weeks ago, we sat in here during communion, and we just rested in silence. And I'm telling you, it was profoundly beautiful that the saints of God would sit in utter silence and vulnerability. If we are to hear God's voice and discern it, we must quiet ourselves in front of him and spend time with him, our shepherd. The second instruction I have for us sheep is this. Like, enjoy the flock. Enjoy the flock. One of the unique aspects of sheep is their ability to build relationships. It's quite unique to their species. Together as a flock, they have more abundance in their life 
as a flock than they do on their own. Ingrained in all of us, whether we know it or not, is a belief and a determination to sort of do this thing called life on our own. We don't often want help from other people. We want to make our own paths. Expressive individualism is the creed of this culture. My life, my rights, my choice, my freedoms, my property. Yet the scriptures tell us that we are a body. A body made of many parts, each serving its purpose, none more important than the rest. Our scripture calls us a church, a body of believers. And here it calls us a flock. It is implied by faith that we would do this thing called life together with other sheep, other believers, to love one another, to carry burdens, to celebrate, to even in love rebuke one another when we lose our way. In Scripture, it actually refers to the one sheep that wanders off by itself from the 99 as lost. Most of our lives... We will be taught to follow our own heart, to make our own way. So look, I contend something different for you today. Like enjoy the flock. There are incredible people in this crowd with beautiful stories that are of great worth to us to know. There will never be a day that you will regret the care and the support of people in your life. There will never be a day that you regret caring and supporting others. And what you expect from the flock, you give to the flock. What you expect from the flock, you give to the flock. Individualism teaches us that the flock owes us. Jesus says, die to yourself. Die to yourself. What we expect from the flock, we give to the flock. What if all of life wasn't about you making money or getting status or stuff, or finding pleasure? What if the whole mission of your life was to love God with all that you had and to work out that love as we love one another? That sounds almost biblical, doesn't it? Enjoy each other. Unite under our good shepherd. Endure and enjoy each other in light of the fact that he's got it. We have a good shepherd here. And so a second list, warnings about thieves and robbers. Warnings about thieves and robbers. Number one, this is going to sound about the same, but it's this, listen to the shepherd's voice. It's one thing to learn the voice of the shepherd. It's another thing to ask, actually listen to it. You know, we've talked about this in great detail. We, we live in a world that has a lot to say about almost everything and we spend a lot of our time listening to the opinions of others to develop our own opinions. Jesus says, I'm the door of the sheep. Like, there is nobody else that matters than him. There are wolves in our flock. Not necessarily this flock, but in the whole of the church. There are wolves, people dressed like sheep that really are bent on devouring. They are thieves and robbers. They are bent to steal, kill, and destroy. And they may not have that as the desire of their hearts. They may think that they're doing noble things. But there are lots of people that talk about Jesus who don't know Jesus. So listen. Listen to the shepherd. Hear his voice. Read his word. 
prepare yourself through him. And then when you hear others, compare compare that voice to the voice of your shepherd. Does it sound like him? Does it sound like someone who is telling you that is somebody who is listening to the shepherd's voice? We have just gotten into a place in this day and age where we give so much slack to people in power who have status and claim the name of Jesus, and I'm all for grace. But there's a difference between having unrepentant sin that you don't care about and claiming the name of God and then humbly seeking after the Lord. We are fearful in this day specifically because Christianity feels like it's moving to the back of the bus. And we are quick to follow people who demean and abuse others and simply do nothing because they say the name Christ. We say it's okay. Many believe today that the ends justify the means. Friends, we have an end. Christ has won. It is over. How we live and who we are, the means of who we are, is all that matters in this day. We have distorted the gospel of Christ to think that people with terrible character and unrepentant sin can be our mouthpiece. We, like pastors and leaders who entertain us and care far too little about who they are, we turn a blind eye to people who use the faith Christ to build their own brands and their own power as long as we deem them to be cool. And we love to follow after others who try to soften and erode and change God's voice, his word, people who stand for nothing and compromise his truth to the voice of culture. Listen to the shepherd. Hear his voice. Read his word. Spend time in his presence. And number two, talk to the flock. Talk to the flock. There is a thing called group discernment that is a necessary in the life of believers. It is when we take our desires and our hopes and our dreams and our beliefs in vulnerability and bring them into one another's presence by faith and say, hey, I'm thinking about this. Here's what I'm believing right now. Here's what I'm hearing. Is this good or bad? You may even say, "I I think God said this to me. I think God is speaking this to me. What do you guys think? Does it sound like him? John writes uh, a couple later, uh, letters later after his gospel, and in one of those letters he says to, to not believe every spirit, but to test the spirits, for many false prophets have come out into the world. A life of abundance is not a life full of material things. A, a life of abundance is a life with each other. A a, a life where we can be strong and weak for one another. That we care and support one another. That we discern with one another about what's happening in our life. That we can say, hey, let's, let's talk about this. Does it sound like the shepherd? Does it echo his word? Or does it sound like a thief and a robber? And many of us have skipped this step but it's vital. And listen, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't intend to be negative, but listen, social media is not helpful for us here. You have no guards when it comes to social media. We just write things down without thinking through them. I know that we as 
people today, we probably feel this burden in our heart that I don't know if I can trust anybody right now. I don't know what I can believe. But friend, we can trust God and we can trust his word. Are we bringing all things in front of him, in front of his word, in front of our flock to get wisdom? Talk to the flock. Those in the flock whom you trust and have a high opinion of God and his word, seek their discernment. And so this is the big idea today. Life and abundance rest with those who seek and listen to Christ. And so sheep, remember this. Learn, learn the voice of your shepherd. Spend time with him. And look, enjoy the flock. There's great people in this room. Be careful about the thieves and robbers. Be careful about the thieves and robbers who come to steal and kill and destroy. Remember these warnings. Don't just learn his voice. Listen to the voice of the shepherd. And remember that there is beauty and abundance in the flock. There is wisdom in the flock. Talk about it. Discern it. Come together in vulnerability to protect yourselves against the wolves who parade around as sheep. Not focused on Christ, but themselves. I'll leave you with a quote by A.W. Tozer. This is profound wisdom Tozer has. He says that the only safe place for a sheep is by the side of his shepherd because the devil does not fear sheep. He just fears the shepherd.